What's up, y'all? Welcome to the Rideshare Rodeo, gig economy news and interviews, sponsored by Para and ParaWorks. I'm your host, SJ. It's time to get it on. What's up, everybody? <laughs> you should warn somebody before you do that. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. Welcome to the uh, Rideshare Rodeo and Delivery and Gig Economy podcast. And uh, how y'all doing tonight? We got Kim and John. Hannibal's gone. Han- By the way, guys, Hannibal and I held down the fort last week. Like, we're the Sorry. two that one of us is always gone, right? I would say so it was sorry, ju- it was just the two sorry. of us. You guys were both gone. I mean, we had we did have two guests. We had uh Britt and uh DJ. They're awesome. So that was kind of that was kind of fun. Um and they're still here in Denver, so that was kind of that was kind of interesting and fun. And we had some good conversation. But uh you guys, this is uh to the chat. This is my fourth live stream today. I've done three curries. I blew a tire. I got it replaced. And the sec the second live stream of the day was if you missed it, um, I see Bud Soda in here. I know he caught it. I know Rideshare Road, Road Warrior Rick caught some of it. Um, I suggest, and I know a lot of people don't go back and watch the lives after the fact, um, but those who do, please go back and watch this one that we did today because it really, there was a lot of info packed in there. Um, and even some specific app-based gig economy stuff. You know, A lot of times with that panel, I talk about independent contractor stuff, but we really we really hit on a lot of stuff. So please go and check it out. Um, you guys can't miss it. It's, it's from earlier. So, um, before I get to the chat, what's up, John, how are you? Doing good, doing good, man. It's a beautiful day. It's starting to it's a cool down a little bit in Arizona, a little, be, you know, <laughs> the season comes, you know, it's better for the gig economy out here as well. So, yeah. Yeah, I'm keeping an eye on on the. I actually have the corner of my eyeball on the game on the on the score at least because I don't want to see the game going. But I'm because I'm a Lions fan. And oh, I'm yeah. just waiting to see the Lions like pull off this crap tonight. Good so, luck. but I'm just watching it literally by like score and time. I can't see any. I'm not doing any like even plotting. Nothing. There's no <laughs> maps or anything going on, so it's not screwing me up. But go Lions, uh, Kim. You're back too. What's up? I'm back. Hi. Are you tan, rusted, and ready? I, I don't know about tan. I don't, I'd go right from like white to burnt. So I'm a sunscreen girl all the way. But no, it was a fantastic week. Um, fun and sun and last hurrah of vacation. So it, it was a good week. But no, I was looking at Christopher's um, chat. But no, I've just been so super busy. My daughter has gone back to school finally today. So yay. Oh. Wow, you guys see, you got as Hannibal said that too. You guys start late, man. We do start late. It's always I after mean, Labor Day, so yeah, wow. she started today, first grade. Here we come. I mean, we Max started. This is like his fourth, third or fourth week. Yeah, 
I think Pennsylvania starts earlier. There's a whole bunch of states that start earlier, but New York and New Jersey are usually around the same time frame. So um, let me see who's in the chat here real quick. Say hi. Um, if you guys could hit like, I know a lot of people are watching NFL tonight. I know that they launched, but uh, the show is going to be a little bit. Hey, Craig, great. Thank you for that super chat. I appreciate that. Um, but uh, um, we're going to we're still going to give you guys a show and gig geezer is going to join us halfway through and uh, he's going to he'll bring in some of his last mile courier stuff. So because um, Hannibal's out this week. So uh, I'm guessing it's partially because of the show last night. Those guys man. Kim, you've been gone through a lot of that, but wow, I won't even mention it because I don't even want that crap around this channel. So we're we're all about love here, people. So get on board or beat it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hey, Chris Taylor, what's up? What's up, Red? <clears throat> what's up, Rick? How are you? Hi, Gigan. Hey, Traveler. Hey, Thomas. I think Thomas didn't join us last. I don't know if he did, but if you did, Thomas, I didn't even notice you. But I think he skipped because you weren't here, Kim. Literally. Maybe. Yeah. Seriously. I think he's like, if Kim's not there, I'm not going to go. Because <laughs> it's all about me. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> What's up, Bud Soda? What's up, uh, Kevin Hawthorne? And uh, hey, Marissa. And who else? Oh, what's up, Cray Cray? And thank you again for that super chat. Very nice. Um, but yeah, so uh, that before we even get into some other things, I, I do want to show two videos about the Instacart IPO. Um, well, they're very short. They're about a minute, 10 each. So they're, you guys will we'll watch these. And then I just want to have a quick conversation about this because it is happening on the 19th is the day that they will go on the NASDAQ. And they said they've priced it accordingly. Um, we will see. Here's two interpretations of the, they're a minute and 30 each. So here's two interpretations of the Instacart IPO from the news. Instacart has filed for an IPO. Let's bring in Katie Roof now, who joins us from Los Angeles with the details. And Katie, it looks like it has filed uh, for an IPO as Maple Bear, and this would be under the ticker CART, C-A-R-T. What is Maple Bear? <laughs> Sounds like that's their official name. Um, but um, so if you're looking for for filing an S1 on Edgar, I guess you need to type in Maple Bear. Uh, good to know. But um, but yeah, I mean this is exciting. We've been talking about Instacart's news for you know IPO news for maybe three years. What feels like it's been one of those IPOs that have have you know been anticipated, but it just never happened. And a lot of people were skeptical that it ever really would. And you know certainly it still hasn't happened just yet. But this is the closest they've ever been now that we're seeing their filing. Well, another thing about this, it looks like they turned a net loss into a profit. Do you think that they're in the type of financial health that this era of IPO investors are going to want to bite on? Well, it will be interesting, and you know, I'll dig into the numbers shortly, but they have uh, Nick Giovanni as their CFO. He used to run uh, Goldman's uh, TMT uh, investment banking team. So if anyone should know how to do an IPO, it would be him. So he's obviously been paying close attention to the market and what they're looking for. But yeah, as you mentioned, people are definitely a lot more focused on profitability than they used to. And so, um, you know, Instacart's really going to have to prove to investors that this is something that you know, can remain cash flow positive and um, will be generating uh, income for the years to come. Uh, we've got breaking news on so that Instacart there. IPO and Dieter Bosa has the details from San Francisco. Hi, Dean. 
And Tyler, this is the yes one we have been waiting for. It's flipping just moments ago. We're digging through all the financials, but this is Instacart just revealing its S1 as it plans its public offering. The company will trade on the NASDAQ under the ticker code CART CART. Pepsi also, this is new, as a cornerstone investor, it will purchase $175 million of preferred stock in a private placement, kind of underpinning this IPO. Instacart remembers a grocery delivery app. It launched over a decade ago. So this is a long time coming. Played a long time. Will they or won't they? But here it is. The filing says that it has 85% of the U.S. grocery market, 7.7 million monthly active users. In terms of financials, revenue of 2 $0.55 billion in 2022, and it also turned profitable last year, earning net income of $428 million. So this really differentiates it from Uber and DoorDash, who went public with losses. Ad revenue, this is one we were looking at very closely because this is kind of what separates it. It's been in this business for a long time. Ad revenue in 2022 of $740 million. That represents year-over-year -year growth of 29%. Tyler and Kelly, we're going to continue to dig through this, the risk factors, the stakeholders, and we'll bring it to you as we get it. You know, to me, it's the all-important question, what, what the ticker is going to be. Yeah. I love it, dear Cart. I love it. Cart. Uh, they were thinking there on so that one. Elegant. I was trying to guess it. It didn't occur to me. Cart. I thought maybe What was it would the one the other day? ARM, ARM. That, the ticker symbol was ARM. <laughs> now, that's really genius. Boy, I tell you. <laughs> Theodore Bosa. Your creativity here. The great, the, the queen of the tickers, Theodore Bosa. Thank you. And we have another guest with us. Welcome, Gig Geezer. Hey, hey, y'all. Can you hear me? <laughs> yeah. Hey, Kim. How are you? Yes, theory. But hey, people, who, people whom I've actually commented on their content for a good while now, like over you a year, have. perhaps. You <laughs> have. Yes, yes. I've followed you too, but. Uh, go all the space uh follow each other yeah mm -hmm. so okay we just we just opened up with that and uh i don't even know what to say um i i was thinking or i was thinking more under the call sign j-u-n-k <laughs> I, mean, I can give i i can offer something else though but y'all know how my mouth is <laughs> i mean honestly like what this thing and it's supposedly it's like in pack i mean they've gone from and we won't even walk through the timeline, but they've gone from 39 billion to a potential five to eight billion dollar value. So it's probably more in line, but up uh, revenue uh, or uh, sales up 2.5 billion and revenue in the profit 428 million last year. How is that even possible? I mean, uh, I they, they, they stole it from a lot of us drivers. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, we already I, know they do that, but geez. Why did I not know that they get they had a profit last year? I just thought all these gig companies actually were at a loss last year. Well, because one of the things that I was going to mention that uh, Instacart does is they do, and they said it even in the second thing was ad revenue. So, what is I, their ad revenue? What are they? What is that? I don't use. It. I, I believe it's like they get money for product showing. Like the fact that they're showing products, not just ads in the app or anything, but showing all the products because they're a grocery app. So, well, that, that's, the, that's where they make their profit from. So that's interesting. So let me get this straight. So they're probably, well, they're one of the only companies, gig companies that are reporting a gain last year, but yet they cut base pay down to $4. But they did that this year. 
I know. So that's my po- that's my point. <laughs> so they're going to make even more next year. I mean, I don't even know how they're going to be around you guys. I was saying, I think that we talked about this. Maybe it was when you, maybe it was last week. You guys weren't here, but um, I don't even know how. I mean, they're, they're doing snap benefits. They're doing other things. Um, and that's fine, but it seems like they're more appealing to that than to the things that we know. You know, I mean, like, like I was but saying last week, like Kroger, I don't know about where you are, John, but Kroger's going nuts here. Like Kroger's like demolishing Instacart here. There's, tr- there is refrigeration, 26 refri- foot refrigeration trucks everywhere. There's fleets of them. And for $7, you get same day delivery in-store prices. You get Kroger delivered to your door. And for, or that's for, I'm sorry, that's for $5 for $7. You get it within an hour in-store prices delivered to your door. Why would you go to Instacart? I'm not trying to be mean here. I'm just saying like, why are you going to go to Instacart? If you can get it right from Kroger at store prices delivered in a refrigeration truck, for seven dollars you know it always amazes me even when i like i actually turned on instacart for the first time today since like months ago and when i was turning it on it like it amazes me every single time how many people still use instacart and knowing how expensive instacart is to use and people are still using it like that's what kind of like blows my mind i I just keep saying do you know how expensive it is to do this yeah well i I think everyone's ingrained from from um, the mode of life from two and three years ago you know they got used to it very fast so yeah part of it's a a habit that you can't break right now yeah i mean that's it is, but I mean, like here, when you find out that <laughs> that you can, when you see Kroger refrigeration trucks, their advertising is awesome because it's just the trucks going down your street. It says free Kroger delivery. <laughs> Lots of advertising. For you. I mean, it's going down every street on in, in refrigeration trucks. Yeah, I, right. I think the thing is, from a customer perspective, if they get Kroger, is there other places they can get it from, or are they just stuck with Kroger? I know, like Shipped, for example, or Instacart, don't they have, like, you can get it from, like, 10 different stores you can order from if you have their subscription? Not just the grocery stores there. I don't know. I guess. I mean, like, Holly and I talk about dumpling, and Holly's in here right now. Um, We talk about dumpling, you know, and that's kind of more of a dumpling thing, I would think, like a personal assistant when you're doing multiple. I'm just talking about the customer's perspective. Like me, I just, I, here in Colorado, Kroger is, you know, there aren't, there's city market and there's um and there's king supers so my my son and i get all our food from king supers which is so this would be easy for me but i mean i do our own shopping but i'm just saying it's just to me it's like this is like a it seems pretty bulletproof to put them out of business here i mean why spend 50 dollars more for the same groceries all it's going to take is one of your friends knowing about this and saying, why aren't you using Kroger? Why are you still using Instacart? Like, that's a good question. Why aren't customers using Kroger? Yeah, that is a good question. Why, well, because they're just rolling it out. I think they're they're now, and they still allow Instacart. But watch here mm-hmm. real soon. They're, they're not going to be allowing Instacart. <laughs> yeah, they'll, they'll phase them out at some point. Yeah. And that's, I think, with many of the apps when it comes to Walmart. I mean, Walmart's supposed to have their fleet of, of uh, vans as well. And um, I think there's been a shift from 
from Walmart deliveries as well, but not as much as what we think. I, I mean, I guess so. I mean, if Instacart can make $428 million and none of the other giant apps can make a profit, clearly I am wrong and Instacart's doing something very right. But at the same time, uh, I just wonder if this um, is going to be one of those initial public offerings where the day it launches, it's at half its value at the end of trading. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like even at the low amount they're going to come out at. Mm-hmm. You know, that's why I was saying, like, well, if maybe, you, I, I know they're offering their shoppers well, some of the incentives that we got as rideshare drivers when Uber and Lyft went public. So you can take cash or you can take stock if you've done a certain amount of shops or whatnot. So but I think at the end of the day, it comes back to the fact that somehow Instacart has managed to make a profit when all the other good companies haven't. That's the kind of the bottom line from a business perspective. Yeah, I would be rather suspicious of them. Maybe I'm sounding like the the, the uh, Debbie Downer, but I'm with Steve on this one in terms of how they how their valuations has gone down by multiples. It 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 begs to. It, the question begs about how they really going about their accounting. Are they cooking the books? Is this an Enron in, in the, among the gig apps? Who knows? I mean, I don't put anything past any of these, any of these companies um, because uh, uh, it's, it, I mean, yes, we've benefited from these companies, but at the same time, we just know how crooked they are. We just know how crooked they are from our levels. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's why hearing these kind of reports where I know these reporters aren't, you know, some of us I know watch these and we think, man, you guys know better. How come like and Kim, as Kim and I have talked about already, like from when Kim was here and we met with uh, um, Senator Priola and we did the town hall, even the senators don't know things. So don't assume these reporters know either. They don't. And, you know, you're talking to a former newspaper reporter. Yeah. Um, the media, the media of the 21st century does not question the sources as they as I did, at least in my formal training and in my actual time in the business. They just don't. They're they are willing to be pimped by these people. Um, that's the whole point with press releases and all. You're giving out your perspective of things, and the media is so dumb to where they're just so glad to get these bones given out to them that they'll just regurgitate what's on the press releases and they don't question things. Yeah. And I don't and but I don't even think they have the knowledge on it. You know, no, they like, don't. They don't. I mean, they don't even do their homework. They don't even do their homework on these things. No. And it, it's just shocking to me. Like, I would feel I, I, maybe it's just me and maybe there's a big enough paycheck where some people can just ethically turn their back. But honestly, I would feel responsible for the things I'm saying to know them before I'm talking to a million people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't go on CNBC and state all this crap just because they handed me a script. I would at least want to like surface level look at it. Right. Yeah. That's understand it. That that's your inherent responsibility as a media person, because your role is to inform and educate ultimately the term disseminate information, but they're not doing media of the 21st century. Isn't doing that. Yeah. It's not. Yeah. I mean, you know, I don't know. I mean, John, you don't do Instacart, do you? No, you never have. Right. I've taken less Instacart quarters on my life than I can count on one hand. <laughs> and, I, and I'm quite the opposite. I've done less shipping orders than I have <laughs> Instacart. But then again, um, over the past month, I've, 
I haven't done an Instacart order. In fact, I've not seen any on my phone. So, are anybody one. seeing the four dollar ones yet? By the way, I don't. Know oh yeah, have to know. I don't know. No, I've not. I've not seen it personally. The four dollar I've put posted on my community post where I saw like the five and six dollar orders, but not the four dollar one yet. Um, but again, I've not seen any in the last month to even talk about. I'm wondering if the mark if this market has gone just completely uh, rigor mortis. Yeah, I mean, I'm I don't know which. Maybe they're doing food delivery in your market too. I know you're in you're in South Carolina. Mm-hmm. Are they doing? Is there is there grocery delivery direct from the store? I know Aldi's doing it now. Um, again, the the only place that I've seen uh, the vans are at Walmart so far. Uh, okay. There are Kroger's in South Carolina, but I've not seen that yet at Kroger's. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I know all. our Safeways are gearing up for them here too. Our Safeways are getting ready to copy the Kroger model. So I mean, I just to me, it's like all of this makes sense. Like. For a while, I was like, why aren't you IPOing? You're losing like a million dollars a day. You guys aren't going to have anything left here in a minute. And now it's like, why? yeah, you absolutely better IPO because it looks like everybody's sticking and moving with these other options. Mm-hmm. So um, I don't know. Bud Soda says here you have to do 5,000 batches or deliveries. I don't know what a DPME um, batches to get to get any stock or to get any kind of payout. So I don't know. I'm that's not gonna be me because I've done like 10, <laughs> seven. <laughs> so not like me neither. <laughs> not even close. Um, but yeah, I mean, this is what I see is that a lot of grocery stores are gonna go to this. The pan, like I think what Yeezer said, the pandemic hit everybody, blindsided us, and left us to have to use or left a lot of people having to use Instacart. Cause they were so scared and they were told to stay in place and shelter at home and all this stuff and mask. And they're like, never mind, man, what, is, there's an app that brings me groceries. Do it. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Well, and you know, that's how DoorDash uh, became King. Uh, they took advantage. Okay. They were, they were the smartest at taking advantage of, you almost could say a once in a lifetime situation. Um, I think though, now that uh, things have gone back to levels of 2018 and before, and it's just interesting for all of us how we're going to make it work for ourselves. You know, what are we doing otherwise? Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I fully agree. I, mm-hmm. um, John, I know uh, you were going to you've got a story that uh, on who should eat the cost of delivery. Um, yeah, is that, was that was that the topic? Yeah, it kind of goes along this line because it's, uh, you're talking about the IPOs and talking about these companies and making your profitability. And uh, the story that I was reading was kind of talking about uh, with essentially with the pandemic and uh, with everybody all of a sudden ordering food delivery, the companies, we know we see these prices that are 20, 30, 40 percent higher on the apps. And a lot of times the customer blames the app for those higher prices when it's actually the restaurant that's raising the prices. But the reason the restaurant's raising those prices is because they have to pay this commission to these, you know, DoorDash and whatnot. So if I have to pay a 25% commission, I'm going to raise my prices by 30% to cover that. So the, you know, the gist of it is who should pay that extra difference? You know, um, should it be the restaurants raising their prices? Should it be the delivery people reducing? I mean, uh, the delivery companies reducing those prices or those fees? Um, I know the government in many cities are stepping in and capping some of these fees. 
So it's getting dicey in there, you know, and of course, uh, a customer, they just want the lowest price possible. They don't care where it comes from. So uh, I know what are you guys opinions on that? You know, do you think the restaurant should just give us the prices that we would expect to see in store and then kind of take a little bit less margin? Uh, or are you for the restaurant charging higher prices to their customers so that we can all take a piece of it, essentially, whether it be a delivery driver or the company or whoever? I think it's a vicious cycle, to be honest with you. I think a lot of these gig companies, DoorDash, Uber Eats, Grubhub, they take a very high percentage of their of their money and of their revenue, which is forcing restaurants to up their prices even more. So the more money that these companies are taking out, the more restaurants are charging. And until something changes in those two, it's going to be a battle of the will, so to speak, because the restaurant's not going to lose out on their profits just because DoorDash is taking a higher commission. Right. But there, but then there's legislation too. There's legislation in Wisconsin. Yeah. And these are specifically on food. Wisconsin and now Miami has some of the toughest going that there is. Miami-Dade's going for a different type of legislation that lets the restaurant communicate with the customer. And the platforms are wicked upset. They're like, why should we be turning over our data to the city? You guys could use that to take our customers. And it, to me, like, okay, I, I hear what you're saying about not wanting to turn it over to the cities, but you guys have been so deceitful that why do you think that they're making you turn it over? Yeah. I mean, it's it's not just to be an ass. It's, it's because what if the restaurant's out of an item? Now they can call the customer, say we're out of that. Right. Because we we know we know for a fact you can't call DoorDash, get somebody on the phone, have them correct it, and all this is going to happen. That's fairy tale land. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like this way, the restaurant can contact you and say, "We're out of burgers. What would you like instead?" That would be amazing. Now, now, you know what? I actually posted something back when um, I was unknown, I guess supposedly, but on YouTube, um, whereby the restaurant can contact customers in certain situations without us having to do it but a lot of cu- restaurants don't do it so it's interesting you would say that steve well yeah. I, I just think it's really interesting that's the because there's all these other legislations going after things and companies but this one's just saying hey no we need to have a, a connection here for the customer because you guys are not doing your customers right yeah so the other thing that was interesting about this story is kind of going with the legislation is that DoorDash, so these companies, they're raising their prices to cover the fees. And then DoorDash is then saying that these companies are raising their prices too much. So they're then they're deactivating these restaurants after DoorDash. And so now the restaurant has to either, you know, do its own advertising, has to, you know, kind of be out of that ecosystem. And the fact of the matter is that people that order on these apps, uh, they're just on the app ordering whatever they see there. They're not going to go to something else to order half the time. So it's really punishing these restaurants in these cases. Uh, so it's, a, it's interesting. Like I said, Kim said it's a vicious cycle. But the thing I find interesting, they say that customers really don't care about prices, that they'll pay up to 50% more, which is what I found interesting. I'm wondering, I'm, that sounds like pandemic talk there. <laughs> like that the customers well, are just like, I'll just throw money at it till my groceries arrive. Like these sure. days, I would think a, a survey would show, no, man, I care a lot. So the thing that was interesting is currently, <laughs> as, of, as of like right now, the prices are about, they say, between 35 to 40% at any given restaurant currently. And so these 
restaurants are going up to 50 to 60%. But right now, the average person is paying about 40% more ordering for that. That's wow. crazy. Look, wow. I'd, I'd, I'd rather just see the restaurant prices and then let the platforms fight it out for what, how they want to price their models. Yeah, I think that's but, what the, but I'm, but I'm a transparency person. So, I mean, like I, I think that it all starts and ends with that. And I think that they need to be transparent, but yet they were also, there was an article and this might've gone back like two or three months ago. There was an article that they were saying that there has been a slowdown and some of the fees are being raised because people are now doing more pickups because they're getting cheaper in, you know, house pricing from the restaurant. They don't have to pay a delivery fee. And the only thing they have to do is get in their own car and go pick it up. So a lot of people they're seeing now are picking up their orders opposed to getting it delivered. And it's once again, it's causing fees to go up, drivers to lose money. And it's just a new way of you know, the way that the food service is going. So it's amazing that two months ago there was that, but now you're saying almost like the complete opposite that people are willing to pay 50% because they don't care because they want to get their food delivered. Yeah. I, I... <laughs> yeah, that's human nature in a nutshell right there. <laughs> <clears throat> I mean, you know, I guess, wouldn't it be a real slap if for years now, since the pandemic, let's say you were doing Chinese once a week from a restaurant you like, and you just kind of got used to paying $80. Now you go to pick it up yourself and it's 57. Yeah. I mean, that sticker shock would be like, what? Wait, why have I been paying 23 extra dollars every time? Well, you know... What what comes to mind though is that how how many times we've said what with some with some of these customers why don't you go get it yourself? Well, <laughs> they are they, they are. are now. Yeah. <laughs> so um, you sometimes you what, what's the um, the saying uh, about getting what you ask for? Yeah, be careful what yeah. you wish for. Jerry, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, look, I mean, like we know for a fact that a lot of people are running into in, uh, problems with. Um, uh, you know, not specifically dashers, but people confronting them. And they, even the average person might be catching something here or there on social media about like seeing one of these interactions. How, how, how much is somebody going to want to risk getting into one of those? Like what delivery people are fighting people to mm -hmm. their strong armoring tips out of them. And I mean, this, you, you look at this thing that's going to consistently escalate. I mean, it's, it's a, you know, it's, it's not a necessity. It's, it's a, it's a privilege to be able to, to get food delivered to you. And so if people are now worried about, wait, did I tip enough? And if I didn't, is he going to like trash my house or what? Or, you know, like, I mean, I don't know, maybe, maybe we're, a fear is starting to overcome some people too. I don't know. I'm not on that end of it enough, I guess, because I, we don't order from those platforms enough that where I know. Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes sometimes we do, and I've checked it out in other cities and stuff. And I've and I, it's funny when I do use them because I see things where I'm like, you know, like when I went to Vegas, it was like, you know, we we went out like one night, and then the next day we didn't, and we just decided to get some Uber Eats. We made this whole order, it took like ten minutes, and all of a sudden we're sitting there, and it was like, well, okay, hit order, and we'd finally tallied it all up, and it said, hey, for seven dollars more, you can have it in fifteen minutes instead of fifty. I was like, okay. You know, I'm just like, <laughs> whatever. 
Just give me so the you food. Went, so you went along with it. <laughs> yeah. I went, um, I, I, went I, along not only did it. I go along with it, I bought the extra <laughs> package. <laughs> I, I said, yeah, I'll pay more. Just bring me my food. <laughs> oh, man. Steve, However, I don't out, use these went, a lot. You could have went out and got it yourself, man. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was in Vegas. I'm not going to drive around, but... <laughs> you could have, well, depending on where you were, you could have walked to, to get it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm just saying that, you know, it made me look and know that, like, if I was home, I don't use it, though. So mm. to me, it was like, eh, you know, we're already spending 100 bucks. What's 107 Because it was, like, for three yeah. or four people or whatever, you know. Yeah. And, and you were in, and you were in Vegas, not, not yeah. in Colorado. Okay. Yeah, and if I was in Colorado, there's, I mean, I just don't use them. But like, if had that option come up in Colorado, no. And if I was using it, I would save that seven dollars and say, no, we can wait. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I'm, and I'm pretty sure it wouldn't have still taken the fifty minutes. I'm sure that's just kind of a a little bit of an idle threat. Yeah. Like, um, oh, this could take an hour. <laughs> like, I'm hungry. Are you? Dash, <laughs> I'm like curious, hour. Dash and Kim. Now I've, I guess y'all noticed that I've, Steve knows how I've transitioned away from a lot of the gig food delivery stuff, but I've noticed where it has really slowed down a lot though, at least here in South Carolina. Has it slowed down for you in your market, Kim? I know that you're in a good place, you often say, and Dash, you're in Arizona where it's pretty busy, but has it slowed down though? Yeah, for for my area, it definitely has. I always, mm-hmm. you know, I three years in a row like my area has ramped up during the summer and we didn't get that like ramping up like it normally does being down the shore um i can't say that it was like super slow like oh my god i'm in a summer slowdown but it wasn't anywhere compared to what it has been the past three years Mm -hmm. yeah i would say that for my area specifically in arizona is kind of a interesting area because there's so much migration here so when i say the migration what i mean is that like arizona where i'm in phoenix it's a college town there's snowbirds so just the amount of people in the fall here is so much different than the summers it slows down just because of that especially when school's not in season um so it slowed down relatively but to say that it slowed down year over year i won't really know until probably another month or two honestly what I've been finding, though, a lot in my area is there are a lot of new drivers. So, mm-hmm. you know, with the years of doing this, like you get to know who your full time drivers are, you even get to know who your the part time drivers are in your area. And there are so many new drivers in my mm-hmm. area. I, you know, every day I'm like, oh my God, there are so many like it's just something you notice. And I just keep checking my head like, wow, there are a lot of new drivers here. Yeah. Um, do you think as content creators, you may have contributed to the problem? I mean, there's someone, there's a, there's a <laughs> friend of mine, there's a friend of mine here in the Columbia area. Okay. He's always, he's always giving me grief saying, you're the reason why we're having this problem now. <laughs> you get geezer. You Mr. $10,000 a month. You Mr. $12,000 a month. You're the problem. <laughs> Um, it could be, you know, there's always that risk of being a YouTuber and, you know, having people, you know, know your area. And, you know, Mm -hmm. when I first started, I'm like, yeah, I'm from now. I'm just like, I'm from New Jersey. (laughs) Like, I don't even, you know, (laughs) but do you think it's, but do you think it's us content creators or do you think it's the 85% of the gig economy who does less than 20 hours a week who are just coming on maybe part-time or part-time plus and and having struggling at their other job or lost their other job yeah i mean we're in a recession there's inflation's Mm -hmm. through the roof 
I mean, I there's a lot of other fa- I don't think it's content creators because we only make up 15% of the full timers anyway. Yeah, you, you get what I'm saying. It's, it's just that there's the, you know, there's, but there's a certain visibility that we give to this. People do, I mean, when I first, when I really tried to improve my uh, driver rating on DoorDash, this is something I shared at one point, though. Um, it took me, up to, it took me like 500 deliveries to get over a 4.50 rating. I got on YouTube to figure out ways to um, improve my rating. Okay. Now, of course, you get you get to look at under content. You may see somebody talk about how I made $2,000 this week. I made $1,500 this week. Yeah. And so, you know, you've got this glamorization, glamorizing of things. And people think that, oh, I can go out there and make $1,200 this week doing DoorDash or Grubhub or Uber and so just curious, do you feel that do you feel that we make have contributed to that problem or so is it I'll just say, that? I'll, mm-hmm. I'll tell you this. I'll, I'll put it this way. At any given job, I've never seen an extremely high percentage of people that are looking to get better at it. And I think mm-hmm. with gig work, just like any other position, there's going to be 10 to 15 percent that are actually looking to get better at their job. Everybody else mm-hmm. is going with the flow. Now, I'll take that one step further to say if those people, though, are in your market, they are probably going to come to the store you're showing in your videos. I will say that. So, like, if they're saying my store that we're always at is now kind of saturated, uh, I would agree with that because, yeah, I would agree with that piece of it, yeah. But just in general, I wouldn't say so. I guess I'm just never worried because even if, you know, say a couple people come to my market because, you know, I, everybody, you know, people know my market, they don't know it as well as I do. Someone who just comes to my market doesn't know where to park, doesn't know the side streets, doesn't know the restaurants to pick up from, doesn't know the ins and outs of my area. Like I, like I know my area, like the back of my hand that I know this time to be here, this time to like, I've, almost perfected my own system at this point for my own area. So they're not going to have the same experience that I have based off of the knowledge. I mean, they could, if they keep going and doing it, you know, for, you know, months at a time, but, you know, I just know my area and I know where to go. So I don't think they're going to have the same experience that I do just Mm -hmm. based off of what I know. I think, I think I, what I would say to this is that I think that um, we just have to be very, I mean, we should anyway. I mean, I did an independent contractor piece today where I was dealing with very, I mean, people who write federal legislation and stuff were on the, were on the stream with me. So on a very professional level, and it kind of me, it's kind of having me think now that you asked me that, because um, I think we have to be very careful about how we say, like how you were saying glamorizing, you know, like, yeah, don't glamorize it. If you, if you made 2000, explain to people that that took you 90 or a hundred hours because that might unglamorize it Mm -hmm. because who's, I mean, people, most people who are looking at these, maybe they're not hearing the hours to go along with the earnings, you know? Mm -hmm. And and I think this is a whole piece. If you're going to, if you're going to talk about specific earnings, talk about your market, make sure you're, even though it sounds like a broken record, make sure you repeat that. Cause like you said, geezer, somebody could be coming out and catching, your first video. And if you're talking about earnings, you have to talk about all of it. Mm -hmm. You know, here was my dash time. Here was my active time on DoorDash. Wait, so you spent 40 hours not working at all, just staring at the damn map. Well, I don't Mm -hmm. want to do that. Mm -hmm. 
You know, I mean, don't, don't tell people like, don't come on and say I made two grand and I did it in 42 hours, but you were on the app 90 hours. Right. I I will agree with Geezer in the sense that we do glamorize. I think we intend to publicize it to motivate other people who are doing the same things that we do to educate people already doing the thing that we do. But I think naturally there's going to be people that don't do that, that find it and say, okay, let me try this. But the amount of people that I think that are actually going to quit a full-time job and go into gig work full-time, I don't think that we're convincing people to do that, no. No, but what about people who get laid off or fired and can't find another job real quickly and, like, zap onto YouTube for a minute? And they're like, wait a minute, all these people are making, like, these are suddenly, hey, look at these people making 2500 bucks a week. Yeah, so I think, I think those so. people, I think they'll, they'll find it. I think they would have found it regardless I think that we're making the videos now, but I mean, 10 years from now, 15 years, it'll be somebody else. Well, yeah, I get, I get, what, I get what you're saying. I just threw it out there. Um, I, I guess, too, with the economic conditions out there, yeah, people are trying to make whatever they can, whatever yeah. way they can. And quite honestly, if I'd known about some of this stuff 10 years ago, um, I'd probably been in a much different situation 10 years ago. So, um, you know, I'm I'm glad that I eventually stumbled onto the gig economy and it has turned things around for me at the same time. Um, I but I, I think, though, that the visible the gig economy stuff has more visibility than it did just 10 years ago. Oh, yeah. Oh, 100 percent. Agreed. And Agreed. so, uh, you know, and, and 10 years ago, like, it was yeah, only rideshare. Yeah. Yeah. It was Uber and lift depending on where you were um doordash what was that you know what was grubhub (laughs) but as kim says you know she she noticed the new drivers yeah the 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 dead giveaway for me is those crisp red um doordash bags that i see people show up with i know that that's a that's a new thirsty that's a new thirsty (laughs) first thing comes up comes to mind to me (laughs) so one of somebody should do a video that says hey guys don't look like a noob and run your bag over a few times with your car (laughs) <laughs> like make it look like you've been working for a minute. Before. Yeah, look like you've been there. Look like you've been there before. <laughs> you know, or they the come. Funny, the funny yeah. thing is, is my DoorDash bag had seen its day, and I ordered a couple months ago, like the two pack that you get. And I'm like, I'm gonna look like a new. I like, I have over ten thousand deliveries, but I'm going to look like a new driver because I have a new DoorDash bag. <laughs> Well, that's why I bought my own stuff. <laughs> but if, if, I mean, if I, I would, stuff, you know, I would ask, yeah. I would kind of ask the same thing to you, Geezer, kind mm-hmm. of like, how are you feeling about it? Because like, I mean, here's a perfect example of what I was saying about like way going the wrong direction and leading people the wrong ways. Like those people who put start your own van business for $500. Bullshit. Thank you for saying that and <laughs> not me saying it. I usually am the one who's saying that, okay? <laughs> no, but honestly, that's, I mean, when I see those, I get so mad because I'm like, come on, guys, this is the kind of stuff you're talking about that's horrible. Well, I've also been blocked on a few channels for challenging people for saying um, you can make this. And I'm like, hey, what did you do last week? What did you do in your van last week? Instead of regurgitating and reading from a computer screen, what did you do? Yeah. Share what you did. And so um, that, that again, that's why I've been blocked on a few uh, channels already because of that. Um, eh, you know what? Yeah, I agree with you. You got to show receipts. 
can't show receipts. Nobody I mean, believes. like if if you know, you and I have talked about it before, but like if a year ago you were talking to somebody who was coming to you that you knew for solid advice, you know, you've known mm-hmm. them as a friend for a while, and they said, "Hey, listen, I'm you know, I really am thinking about this van business. Give me the lowdown." And you did, and you said, "Yeah, I think you could do well." I mean, would you give that person the same advice today? Well, this time a year ago, I had no thought uh, there, that would not have been in my thinking about a van. Okay. So if you ask Seven me that months, question, eight months, <laughs> 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 whatever puts it into the perspective of when you were okay, okay, all right. Okay, if some if someone I've known over the years come to me now, mm-hmm. I would just tell them to check out my videos. And not so much as, you know, trying to sit, be the salesmanship of my channel, but check right. out my videos and see what I have done over the course of time. Um, and I, I, I believe, though, that, um, you know, with what we do, it is what you make of it, regardless of what it is, it's what you make of it. So you can have all the apps, you can have all the ends of all the, uh, the brokers. And if you can't make it work, you're still you're going to say that this sucked anyway. big facts yeah i mean so maybe a lot of these people will just burn out quick too who knows i mean that's why the gig economy has a high turnover rate i think people you know we publicize information the people they i think it's not so much as we glamorize it i think people overestimate or underestimate the work that we do i think we make it look easy but it is work. Uh, we're out there, you know, the hours we put in, you know, the maintenance, we got to make sure the things, the time, the attention, um, mm-hmm. the discipline it takes. And so I think when people realize what it actually takes, that it is running a business, I think that that contributes to a high turnover rate. Um, so I think yeah. that there's people that, that come here, I think they glamorize it, they try it, but then they don't last. And I think that's the difference of the people that you see, uh, even that but- stay part time. But I think that does speak to Kim's thing about where you see the influx of people. I mean, these gig, yeah. these gig app companies do not, you know, there are, there are no caps with many of them in terms of the mark, you know, the market saturation. They just no, want people available to do this because they're saying, hey, look, we want to deliver your stuff and we're going to get this to you as soon as possible. We just need 750 more people in this market here <laughs> to yeah, get this right. done now. <laughs> But it's a three part. It goes back to the, uh, the that story. You know, they're telling the businesses, "Hey, we're going to make your business more money." But you know, we're telling the the drivers, "Hey, you're going to make extra twenty five dollars an hour." To tell the customers, you know, this and that. You know. But if you really think about it, like I, at least with my market, like I feel like this happens quite often, right? You see your influx of drivers and then they go away. You see your influx of drivers and you're like, "Oh, they're going through something again." But I think a lot of times every app does this is every every new driver goes through a honeymoon phase and they think it's the best thing ever and oh my god i'm making money and you know i'm gonna keep making money and then reality sets in and then people go yeah no i'm not doing this anymore and then like i think that's where you see the peaks and valleys that you just get people to sign up and then they go away they get people to sign up and then they go away because they're told that this is your business and this is and you're an independent contractor and you're like yeah. wait i'm in my car it's sunny and even on my first day i didn't really this i couldn't live on this but wow i made 60 bucks mm-hmm. i did that without even landing any clients this is just being fed to me i can get good at this yeah mm-hmm. and then they uh, realize that that's going to be their top out too and they're just like wait i can't live on yeah. this and I think that speaks to your point, Steve and, and Dash and Kim, about um, how um, there may be the responsibility on our part to actually give folk a realistic picture of things. Um, 
you don't know what you're going to make any day that you're out there. No. You just don't know. Yeah. yeah. And you don't know who else is out there that day. You don't know. I mean, how many people are you competing with? Even if it's a Tuesday and it's dead, mm-hmm. but you do okay. You could do horrible on a Tuesday because everybody's struggling. It's the end of the month. Mm-hmm. They got to make rent. I think that that's the that's the video not enough of us make. My goal was 150 today and I made 78. Yeah. Well, I mean, for all that I've shared, for all that I've shared lately, um, you know, I've shared those days where it's not been no three, four, five, six hundred dollars. It's been a couple hundred dollars. And I'm like, shit, man, I only made a couple hundred, but I, I need to, I need to be real and share something with folk and yeah. show that, hey, it's not all what you think it is. In yeah, fact, no, if I were not. to show one, if I were to show one of my grid wises, I mean, technically they weren't zero days, but there's some zeros on my on my grid wise. And, you know, I can explain why, but eh, it's again. Yeah, I agree. Um, it, it's not it's it's not what people think. And I guess we're talking among the choir, but hopefully there's somebody here that is trying to get some new information or someone who's kind of starting out trying to figure things out for themselves. And hopefully we are giving them a much different perspective on things. Yeah. And it's not doom and gloom either because it's a, mm-hmm. it's just ever changing. I mean, yeah. a lot of us veterans are always like, we're onboarding other apps all the time. I mean, yes. Kim and I were yes. backstage talking about delivered. You know, mm-hmm. it's like a lot of you guys aren't even on delivered, might not even be in your market. Oh, um, uh, yeah. I, I've, yeah. Um, I could talk about delivered. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, is that no, a good I mean, thing or a bad thing? I'll put it like this. You know what? I may not have gotten a van had I, um, had delivered been something that was more consistent in terms of opportunities, but I've seen more than my share of opportunities. In fact, uh, um, delivered can't is delivered. I think is one of the better paying apps. If you're looking for catering opportunities, it's better. It's definitely better than delivered that and the payouts. If you're able to get to a point where you've seen um, some of the better order opportunities, you'll, you will be like DoorDash. Uh, large order program. Yeah. I mean, yeah. because I put it like this: I've I have had over, I've had at least twenty one, one hundred dollar single order opportunities onto the delivered app. I've had only one that paid one hundred dollars or more on DoorDash, and I've been on that app active since two thousand nineteen. Okay, so that should give you an idea of how delivered can be for you. It's just a matter of yeah, it's a matter of you being willing to accept certain orders. I'm to a point now on the delivered app. I'm not willing to accept certain orders because I've done all those orders. I've done it. I've been there and done it. And so I'm looking for a certain a certain. And well, you've seen where I've posted on the community page where, OK, would you accept this order? It's a twelve hundred fifty dollar order, but it has a fifty dollar pay with no tip. Are you still willing to do it? There are some who will, but I'm not yeah. because I've seen orders for less that have paid a couple hundred dollars on that app. But yeah. again, delivered is, you know, it can be better than DoorDash. It can be, it is definitely better than deliver that. The only one that I think that, um, that could give it a run. If you see more business, um, is Zifty. I haven't heard of that one. Zifty heard of is in, I don't know if we have Zifty. I don't well, have well for, for me, it's in Charlotte. So if I, I've caught, I've caught a Zifty opportunity while I was through Charlotte a few weeks back. And um, that order paid $47.25. How many DoorDash large order programs you get paying $47.25? I don't 
I don't do a ton of DoorDash because I don't waste my I'm just, time. I'm, I mean, Kim, Kim can give that answer. I mean, Kim can give that answer. How many, how many large order opportunities do you see over 40, over $45, Kim? Over 45. I maybe once a week, maybe once every other week. Okay. And yeah, that answer, so that's not that a lot. No. no. The average at large more order $20, $25, $26. Like I see that probably about four times a day. Um, yeah. But the bigger orders are a little bit more trickier. So to me, it's like once a week, maybe once every other week. Right. Uh, I, I said long ago that um, I think the average large order opportunity on DoorDash is from 20 to $20 to $34. That's like your pretty much an average large order opportunity. Yeah. Now, myself, since I don't have a high acceptance rate, DoorDash likes to give me the worst of the large order opportunities. <laughs> so um, I may get one that says, you know, have your catering bag, but it pays $15. And then gotcha. I may get one that pays over $40 or $50, but I'll see those those low-end ones as well. Yeah, Door or Delivered just launched here like a week mm -hmm. ago, a week and a half or two mm -hmm. weeks ago, Tops. I just onboarded mm -hmm. Saturday. I haven't seen okay. one offer. Yeah. Uh, now that now I don't know the if case. they're just getting rolling or whatnot. Yes. But. Yes, that's part of it because it's it's just starting out. But when the opportunities come, you'll see them. Yeah. Just that's, I mean, yeah. I've been told this by a bunch of people, but it's like I'm just again, since we're just shedding the light on honesty tonight, it's like yeah, you know, and like, the other here thing, I am, I'm not seeing any. Yeah. So the other thing is that they um you know, there is there is this uh, board where you may see some opportunities show up. Uh, there's a, a board that you may see some, but uh, many of them are still dispatched directly to you. And I think like what I'm seeing is that you have so many people that are getting on the app. They're trying to keep everybody happy and not everybody's getting opportunities. So Tim Gigwise does a lot of uh, uh, delivered. In fact, he was mm -hmm. just recently in St. Louis. He did a one where he, I can't remember what it was, maybe $2,500 or something, but he made 334 mm -hmm. He was That's on the possible. podcast this week. So mm -hmm. he's getting a lot of them though. And he says that when the offers come in, you have five to 10 to 15 minutes where it's just 15. available to you. It's not a round robin. Yeah. It's your right. offer if you want it. Now, so yeah, I've only gotten two orders since I signed up two two months ago a couple however many months ago i've only gotten two orders and both the orders as soon as they came to my phone they were gone see that's that what the, that's that that's was on what the doesn't add app? up i know on the delivered app yeah wow it happened today okay like were uh, you I... right on it did you see it and you hit it right yeah, away it came through i was on my phone it came through i went to the app right away and then it it was gone Ooh. Okay, I don't have an answer. They don't because they don't round robin, do they? I didn't. Uh, they can't. They can't on the um on the portal. There's a portal in which it could be like that. But if it's dispatched directly to you, typically you have 15 minutes to decide whether you want to accept it or not. That's why I thought it was weird. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe. That may have been aberration. Maybe. Um, but yeah, um, to answer the question, since I guess I've been the delivered person and all, um. The largest order size that I had was $3,400, and that went to, yeah. a, to the Nations Bank building in Charlotte, and that order paid over $300, well over $300. I've had a few $300 plus orders on the delivered app. That's awesome. Um, yeah. So and then with it, that but, comes parking. 
bringing it in, setting it up. Yeah. I yeah. Mean, there's, that, there's a little more in, into that. Yeah. Too. Yeah. And you also have to show that you have the vehicle capacity to handle those orders on that particular order that I was sharing with you. They said they wanted someone with a van. I had to send pictures of my van again to them to show that, yes, my van could handle it. And then while doing the order, I sent them pictures of all these smash burger boxes in my van. And it was like over 40 of them. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, and then it also, um, I had, um, I had um, a dolly, a four in one dolly to handle most of it. They brought some, they had somebody to come down to help me on that order. But, you know, you got to show the capacity of handling these orders once you um, once they may come to you with the larger, the larger paying, the higher paying opportunities. So the Carnifage is out of Vegas and they're saying that uh, they saw a delivered sent to them today as a as an urgent order. And that seemed to be around Robin. Mm, it's sure. possible. They, they could probably come to you directly. I mean, this has happened in the past where they've come to me directly saying, hey, geezer, uh, you know, we really need you. Can you can you do this one? And so, you know, I they know if you're on the app or not. I mean, Easy Cater and and Food Fetched and uh, Go Curial and stuff, they can all contact you directly once you've worked through a platform with somebody. Um, um, and in fact, Para, well, through ParaWorks, like we have many people in ParaWorks get contacted directly. You know, they'll they'll be contacted and say, and they'll say, hey, we like that you did this yesterday. Um, like Mark, like uh, Nova Marco, he did. Yeah. Uh, he did two pair of works and then they had, they offered him two jobs outside of the app and then they offered him a, uh, a daily route and he said he couldn't take it. Ooh, that, that'd been a good situation there. It you know, been. and it's, I mean, these are, I guess I'm, I'm just pointing out that this, route. so like every day from two to four, it was like dead hours too. Uh, he would get uh, X amount of dollars to just do work for them. That's awesome. Yeah, that that'd been a good one. That'd been a yeah. good situation, especially if you're doing gig food work. Yeah, yeah, um, especially if they're in the dead hours too. My gosh, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. it just whatever it was didn't work. But he was, I mean, that's just pretty cool that they're looking. But at the same time, that also might talk about what we were talking about before. You know, like where is the market become overflowed? Actually, are other restaurants going to owner.com and to all these other things to get away from these platforms now? Are they going Probably. to Easy Cater and Food Fetched? And they're, they're saying, listen, let's get us some real drivers and not this people who want to sign and we can't count on. Like them asking you for all these pictures. You know, I mean, that's them obviously saying, listen, this is a $3,400 order. We can't screw this up. Right. We can't mm -hmm. have somebody who unassigns it. You know, like, I'm not going to do that. Like, yeah, we, For that money, I'm not going to do it. But, you know, <laughs> they still want somebody who can handle you're, it. You're not everybody, though. And some people might. Deliver it professionally as well. Yeah, mm -hmm. I mean, I mean, it's, I mean, it's got to be sketchy on their end all the way till delivery, mm -hmm. because you've got thirty four hundred dollars worth of food and they've never met you. Right, and that's in most cases. Now, you know, um, I, in most, yeah, ninety nine times out of ten, that is going to be the case. They've never seen you, and they may not ever see you again. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I guess the last thing that we'll end with here today. Um, since we kind of went this direction is uh, a kind of a dual story. Kim's got one on Grubhub and then we've got a little bit of an add on that. I just kind of want to point out and see what you, what everybody thinks, get your take on it. 
Um, but Kim, if you want to talk about the Grubhub one first. Yeah. So there was a driver in Washington, D.C. who got his car carjacked. Um, the shocking thing isn't that he got, well, it is, I mean, that he got his car carjacked, but it's who did it. And it is, it was six teenagers. Two of them were 13 year old girls. And then three of them were boys at the age of 14, 15 and 16. And they did the carjacking with golf clubs. And there's actually video, at least the one that I had in my article actually had video. It's really disturbing. So if you don't like disturbing stuff, I don't suggest you do it. But a bystander actually had video of these kids, like literally going after this driver with golf clubs. It's disgusting. I mean, that's that we hear about these stories all the time. My the the twist on this, and we were talking about it right before we came out here, was there. This isn't so. I, I'm adding this to Kim's story because there was a 19 year old who was carjacked in was it Akron, John? Akron, Ohio. Yeah. yeah. So in Akron yesterday, and he's 19. If something had had gone wrong with him this goes back to what we were talking about about people working in the independent contractor space when they're young we've talked about it when you're under 18 now this is somebody who's 19 but that's still just barely over 18 you don't have any life experience or skills you haven't had a w-2 where you're protected some if something had happened to this guy like he got shot or lived and whatever who's paying for all that his life is wrecked it's on him that's the unfortunate thing. Um, I mean, like it's on, it's on us too, but we're older. Mm-hmm. But like with teenagers driving for a lot of these companies, do they have the life experience to say you can take whatever you want? Like just take the car, take my keys, take my purse, take whatever you want, and you know I'll just be over here. Like I don't know whether they have the life experience to be smart about if something bad has happened to them. You know what I'm saying? Like. I, I just I worry about kids in life experience when they're doing this. I mean, that's, yeah. I mean, I mean, it's like, look, if you if we if you had to have a W two till you were twenty five, you would understand W two. You'd understand the protections you have by it. And then if you were like, wait a minute, I kind of like this idea of being out on my own, though. That seems a little more realistic than just coming out of high school and going, I'll just do DoorDash. Because if something happens, yeah. you don't really have life experience. You don't. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, you know what, though? It's, it's interesting to say, well, get out of high school. I'll just do DoorDash. I don't think that's somebody's life ambition to be doing DoorDash or Grubhub or Uber Eats. No, 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 <laughs> no. But yeah. I think that I some say, people, again, are getting these big numbers and they're like, wait, I can make this much doing this. So yeah. Yeah. And that's kids, the other side to it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, say, I think kids a lot of times say, oh, my God, I'm making like say they start even start this as part-time as a kid at the age of 18 and then all of a sudden they're making and they're pocketing like $20 an hour $25 an hour they're like um why am I not doing this full-time and then it like it snowballs and then they become 
you know, app driven. And that's kind of like how it goes because they think the immediate, like, oh my God, I have money in my pocket. I can go to a club. I can go get this outfit. I can go, you know, go get my coach purse and I'm good to go. Not realizing the lasting effects and how it affects their future. And you know, all these people are not deal. They're not worried about medical insurance. They're not doing expenses on their vehicle. They're not figuring because in gas. At or... that age, they can still be on mommy's and daddy's insurance. They That's can, what I'm saying. You know, it, it's there's no, there's no real. I, I don't. I feel like I'm a broken record, but there's no real life experience at that point to steer them in the yeah. right direction. Well, there's one thing that I think about, um, in that, okay, you're 18, 19. 17, 18, 19 years old, and you think about going to school, and when you finish school, you're gonna you're gonna owe the equivalent of paying for a house. <laughs> or more. Right. And okay, then you try to get you try to find a job, and then now nobody wants you. I can speak to the fact with my daughter who has a master's and a year and a half work having worked towards a doctorate, and she's having a hard time finding work at least something that's suitable. Okay. So now you do all that and she actually owes probably the equivalent of a house right now, having gone through as much schooling as she has. And so now, and if you do get hired and we've all, I I've been through this and probably all y'all have gone through this, you know, jobs don't want to pay you what you're worth. So then you look at gig gig apps and that's probably a better option than all the formal education. That's just the other side of it. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, you're absolutely right. I mean, I'll tell you guys right now, I've already shared this, but I don't know if I've shared it with you, Geezer, because it's kind of been recent with me, but my son is in his senior year now in high school. And we've okay. been having that talk about what's going to happen. And he's looking at, he's actually 17 and a senior. He'll be 18. Like after next summer, he'll be graduated okay. from high school and still be 17. And nice he's going to take a gap year and he's going to look at some, he's working as a lifeguard right now for the, you know, he makes 18 bucks an hour. He might like mm -hmm. change that or do something else, but um, he's going to take a gap year. He's going to do some things and uh, he's going to feel out some uh, tech schools. And I'm, I'm so for that. Like, dude, go. Yes. I, I don't want to push you in that direction. Cause if you really want to do college, you know, we'll figure it out or whatever, if you've got a good mm -hmm. idea, but these days, I think you're way better off if you've got an idea about what you want to do. Go knock out 18 months or 24 months at a tech school and get some get certified in something that ha yeah. that's getting I, jobs. I agree with that. I, I think didn't we have this discussion with Gary too, like at one point, and this is like months ago, like before his son went in the Navy. Yeah, right. That like, <laughs> but trade schools are a very big viable resource for a lot of people who don't want to go the college route you get certified in something i mean god look at like become a plumber become an electrician sure. like do it like right. those are some really decently paid professions out there and you don't have to go through the housing payment that you're going to pay for a house in order to do it well you know what i think i guess we're all we all have our abilities and all um, I think back to when I finished school and got into, I was one of those who was able to, I got a degree in journalism and I was able to get into the newspaper business. We're talking, damn, 
almost 35 years ago now. I was just about to say, don't tell him, don't tell him how long. Man. Like, <laughs> just say a while ago. This is before beepers became popular. And gas, <laughs> gas was like 85 cents a gallon. <laughs> it was 89 cents a gallon when I graduated college. <laughs> Okay, I remember, I remember how old you said you were, Kim. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, uh, I'm, what I'm getting at is my first newspaper job paid two twenty five a week. I drove 1,400 miles for that interview. I even got a flat and had to drive back to Houston on a space saver, what I remember, but it paid two twenty five a week. And what I'm getting at, I wanted to get into the business so badly that I was willing to make that paltry sum of money in fact i got more on unemployment a few years later than basically what i worked on that job and so i'm getting at sometimes i think it's all depends on what our skill set is what really you know how life clicks for us for me it was writing so can we always say the text you know the technical schools and all that you know what clicks for the kid exactly yeah they have but to also but also going, going back that far i mean like even though you said it was more for unemployment these days well, what you're what you're explaining though the dollar went a lot farther than number one but um these days what you're talking about would be an unpaid internship pretty much i mean yeah. you wouldn't be making anything and it'd be like you're lucky to be here <laughs> and it's yeah. like but i need to make money i need to eat i need to live yeah that age-old thing the age-old thing about you know life but i'm just saying you know in that respect then is it i mean it may be to a young kid's advantage to look into the gig type stuff because that's money that they can make as opposed to, you know, I'll figuring out what yeah, going. Yeah, go they should have a strategy that looks at everything. It necessarily doesn't include one thing, it's solo one thing, but it takes a little bit of everything. Because I think there's, even if you look at whether you go to, like, say, a university or they go to a trade school, that's not to mm -hmm. say that there isn't going to be some gig work along the way. Uh, whether which way they go, uh, I wouldn't say necessarily they should go to the full time gig work, but uh, if they're doing the gap year, using that as a just as an example, uh, hey, you can do some gig work. You could look at other things. You could try some things, some shadowing interns. Uh, mm -hmm. Well, his his gap his gap year is going to be a, a, a rude awakening as to how much life is. <laughs> oh yeah, because <laughs> that even though he's smart, he doesn't get it yet. <laughs> Yeah, in that in that respect, he's gonna. Oh, but he's he gonna will. Yeah, he's oh, gonna be coming. Hey, hey, Dan. Um, hey, Dad. You know what? We need to have that conversation again. <laughs> My daughter came to me about the term adulting, and I'm like, Oh, really? Adulting now, huh? I'm having to do these things. Well, daughter, I've been trying to prepare you for these things all this time. <laughs> I mean. I feel like I'm, you know, this is going to happen, but I feel like he is approaching it from, uh, you know, he's putting money away. Like his friends have all blown their money. He makes more than the, than the, the kids who went out and got jobs at fast food because he went for the lifeguard. Um, he goes in for all these trainings and gets bumps and raises and he's doing a little coaching. So he's feeling good about himself too. And he's making decent money, but he, he saves like you wouldn't believe and all of his friends waste money. Just to the mindset, utmost. I think it's a big thing. I mean, just the mindset of being building things and having, okay, uh, it's, it's direction in general, having goals, I think just goes the right thing. There's a lot of people that have no goals and differences mm -hmm. night and day. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think character comes from a little struggle too. So I'm not, 
I'm I'm not against that. I don't okay. I don't want him to end up being a <laughs> a no character kid. You know, <laughs> we all don't want our kids to be that way. <laughs> but a lot of them just end up to me anyway, seeming like they're being like robots. I think you know, we all like, want our kids to be book smart and street smart at the same time. Like you want to have that level of common sense and, you know, know what life is and what can come your way. And I think as parents, you try to prepare as much as you possibly can for that. But at some point, yeah, you know, I only have a six year old, but I can't even, you know, imagine, you know, yet going through high school, but <laughs> It was it went really quick. So, <laughs> I mean, you got to remember his freshman year in high school, we spent the entire year in a house locked in together during the pandemic. You know, weird that try spending in a pandemic with a with a freshman in high school. No, <laughs> I always <laughs> who say can't date, lost... who can't get out, who's yeah. like just going nuts inside. I always say I lucked out because when lockdown happened, my daughter was three two three so right. like we just took her out of daycare and it was like okay i'm with mommy and daddy for x amount of time like it never even registered um what was really happening so i'm actually really grateful that that was like the time frame of like her life that we went through when we didn't have to deal with school thank god yeah i mean that that's the perfect age to be stuck in a global pandemic yeah <laughs> <laughs> if you're gonna get stuck in one i mean Someone was saying that they're not seeing orders on the delivered app. I can't give you a phone number these days, but I can give you an email address that you can kind of at least contact delivered and see what might happen. Um, bear with me here. I'm looking up for that, looking for that phone number here. Um, ah. Yeah, Shane is here in Colorado. Okay. But still, I mean. So are you, Shane, are you, are you, is delivered, you're in Denver? Why do I always think you're in Fort Collins or something? Hmm. All right. Um, this is actually to someone's, what it turned out to be was to um, actually someone's um, email. He may answer, he may not though, but um, I'm typing it in the um, chat section. And That's also... Anybody who wants to know, um, if you don't watch the channel Cars and Cribs, he did a, a interview with the CEO from Delivered. I know UDM did as well, but he did a pretty deep dive with him and got some real gems out of there. Mm -hmm. um, so if yeah. you haven't seen that, it's definitely, if you're into Delivered, it's something you should go watch. I think he was pandering for a hookup, though, but that's just my opinion. <laughs> Well, nonetheless, a lot of information came out of it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, whatever the cause or reason, at least, you know, there was there's, there's information to be taken from it. I'll also put down Delivered's um, main um, internet address, Delivered. And yeah. All right. Um, again, the phone number, it used to be you could call them. I don't think it's a good idea to call them until later in the afternoon, but try those that go to the website or to... Um, or send that email address and see what happens as far as asking what's going on in your market um, as to why you're not seeing any orders. So um, we're going to wrap it up for the night, you guys. This has been an extraordinarily long day for me. Um, Geezer, you got here yes. a couple minutes late, but I did four live streams. 
yes. three curry orders, blew a tire, replaced the tire. Put you've put had a day. On. Yeah, I've had it. I've had three days, man. I've had three <laughs> days in one day. It's pretty intense. Um, Steve, but, it, but thank you, thank you for inviting me, man. You're, yeah, you. you're always welcome. And uh, Dash, it's good meeting. It's good talking to you. Actually, um, in this format, Miss Kim, it's a good talk to you in this format as well. <laughs> Thank um, you. I'm not as I'm not as cantankerous as I seem to be. <laughs> oh, please, hey, that's where, this is the place for that. <laughs> I think he's one of the nicest people in the gig economy. I don't even know what he's talking about. So. <laughs> to me, it's a no brainer. <laughs> mm -hmm. But uh, let's go around and see what everybody's. What are you up to, Giggies? Or this? Are you? I mean, I know what you're up to, but are you uh, videos coming out? Something that yes. you're working more intensely with these days, or? Well, yes, I do have an upload come. Well, that'll be up either tomorrow or Saturday. Um, just it's gonna it's kind of an update on a recent day, and from last month. Um, for whatever's worth, though, for people who just now tuning in and all, or would have whatever be the case. Um, back in December, I came out with that I was going to transition um, with getting a Sprinter slash cargo van. And that's pretty much what I've done. I've turned things upside. I've turned it around to flipped it to where my, my earnings have been mostly from last mile and brokered opportunities and very, and less than 10% of the, my earnings are from the gig food delivery apps now. Whereas this time oh. last year, over 90% of the money I made was from the DoorDash, GrubHub, Ubreeds and uh, Instacart. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I've, I've, I, that's where I've uh, noticed a lot of your uh, content lately has been about the uh, the the van business and uh, a lot of good videos there. I'm not quite mm -hmm. there yet myself, but definitely have checked a couple of them out. And John, what do you what do you got going? Who are you? Well, what I, are you investigating I, lately? No, so I dropped this video uh, about <laughs> how you, a lot of spark drivers or Walmart spark drivers can give themselves a raise. Uh, there's a uh, there's an opportunity, essentially, oh, I'm not going to give the whole video away, uh, but long story short, some high-paying orders on uh, Walmart, 40 50 even one that was a $125 order. So uh, got a video about that. You guys got to go watch the video, though. We're not going to read you the script here. So you got <laughs> <laughs> to go watch it, man. <laughs> so, um, yeah, and John, the, for those that, if the, you know, anybody that's catching this and and has never heard me say this before when I, the reason I even met John was because when I started shipped, I learned everything about ship from John's videos. I didn't go around YouTube. I just went to John's channel and found everything I needed. Yeah, so, he stuck with, he stuck with it where I just trashed it. <laughs> Every market's different though. So I would say, you know, yeah. I can use what works in my market at the time it was that. And then uh, lately it, uh, but it changes. So now it's been spark. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And Kim, what's up? Hi. <laughs> I mean, what do you? What, I mean, I I was hearing, you know, about your market's always gold, always gold. It's and even so tonight, gold. I was I know, but I feel like tonight was a little more of a in depth reality, and part of it might have been that maybe the amount of people traveling too and stuff yeah, weren't coming I, to the beach, and I don't know, maybe that's down it's, even. 
it's so funny because there on Instagram the other day there was and I guess this is a New Jersey thing or a Jersey Shore thing but there was a post and it was a cartoon and if you've ever been to a beach and you see the airplanes fly over and they have like banners advertising whatever on a beach but anyway it was one of those planes flying over and it just says it's time for you to go home now and it was on Labor Day <laughs> and I'm like yeah, that is so true it's time for everybody to go home and the thing with my area, it gets so congested in the summertime because everybody's like, like coming into the Jersey Shore. So like this past weekend, like it was like gridlock alert. Like you couldn't move anywhere. Like you couldn't go south. You couldn't get on major highways. So I'm, I'm like, I feel you. It's time for everybody to go home now. So hopefully we can get back to an semblance of normality around here. So, but yeah. But videos coming out i know that you did your your did you did uh i was gonna say show me the money club but the money hungry uh from yesterday <laughs> yeah um, no i i dropped a video today so it came out today so there's a new one out right now as we speak um you know money hungry on wednesdays we had pedro on this past week um mm -hmm. it was a really good show so definitely go check out this past week's um we have a really fun guest coming up this coming wednesday i don't want to give it away but um a really fun guest and i can't actually wait to pick his brain <clears throat> because he's a huge earner in the doordash area so i'm actually really excited to talk to him so that's coming this wednesday and then we're back here on Thursdays, and here what, we go. What about Tuesdays? Oh, uh, yeah. I, okay. it's, it's still going on. I just, like I said, I've been so, I mean, I was on vacation last week. My daughter getting ready to go back to school this week. So it's just, it's just been crazy. I've been working. Um, I don't know whether you guys know this, but I have two other channels besides this one as well. So I've been working on those channels as well. So it's, it's not all about the gig economy and the gig space. There's, there's, there's other things going on. Yeah, Steve. One thing. Um, this is between me and you, though. But uh, you are you are starting funk to keep the funk going, right? Oh, one hundred percent. That's something. That's something Geezer and I share. And I mean, no matter what, I know some of you people like know of it and whatnot. But we share a deep affiliation for P Funk, George. Clinton, and uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, in fact, I was checking out something last night about Bootsy. Although I'd seen it some time ago, but Bootsy has a video about getting on the one. Yeah. <laughs> Everything is on the one. Got to get on the one. <laughs> <laughs> so if you're not, if you're like, if you're like going, what are these guys talking about? Bootsy Collins is an amazing bass player. Amazing bass yeah. player. Yeah. William Bootsy um, Collins. And if you know anything about Jane Brown, that's where you got it from. The one. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, a lot of things came out of the James Brown band. Horn players, extraordinaire and just, yeah. wow. Yeah, um, Maceo Parker. Maceo Parker. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, so you guys, uh, thank you for joining us. And uh hopefully I know maybe you know, it wasn't a doom and gloom episode, but it was maybe a little bit of an eye opener that you know, these sometimes aren't just summer slowdowns or roadblocks. Sometimes you gotta pivot and uh and change the game up a little bit. Don't just sit there and expect the app to change for you. Mm -hmm. You know, because that's not gonna happen. So when the app starts underperforming, like Kim says, onboard everything. Yeah, everything. <laughs> Kim, like I'm the... still, I'm still. I mean, I onboarded <laughs> with Curry what two, three weeks ago. I, you know, delivered, um, deliver that. Ooh, so like, um, yeah. 
Oh, I'm you not, really come you really come around there, Kim. <laughs> I'm, I now I think I'm up to 16 apps I think I'm in. So Oh my. See? Yeah, it's you know, just I just you know, even if you don't use them. So I always say this and I said this last January. You never know when your slow season's going to happen or even a slow day, but it's always good to have all those apps in your back pocket so when you need them, you just turn them all on and get get your money. Yeah. That's, that's, that's part of it. And I've been saying that for, you know, for a while now, get on as many apps as you can. You know, I was saying though, in this market where I'm at, you need to do it. But now people are starting to experience it in their market as well, where you need as many options as you can, as you can uh, create for yourself. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Especially if you're doing this for a living, you got to multi up. So you guys Mm -hmm. uh, make sure you go check. If you didn't, if you missed it, go, please go check out the independent contractor piece I did today. That was, I mean, these are major players. I had three major players on with me from different States who represent different aspects of everything. And we all came together to discuss this stuff. It was a, it's, it's even for app-based gig economy, it's a must watch. And then next, next week, the uh, last mile is moving to 7 PM Eastern. And I'm hoping to have geezer on as my guest. So we'll see. Um, it's uh, going to depend well, on on work. Yeah, but you can, uh, as I said, pencil me in, and yeah. um, um, I'll I'll keep you posted. But you know, pencil me in for next week. And thanks again for the invitation. Always. Thank you guys for joining us, and we'll see you back here next week.